Okay, good evening everyone, welcome back. Coming to you live uh, Thursday night with our Chumash and Challenge here. And um, pleasure being here with everyone. Uh, this is our special uh, turkey challenge this week, right? Special turkey challenge, but this is, uh, no, this is not a turkey challenge. This is, what? This is much better than a turkey challenge. This is uh, a Thursday night Chumash cheer challenge, and this is a uh, Rabbi Aronson challenge. And <clears throat> lovely being here together with everyone. It really, really is. Let's can, let's uh, let's get down to business. Um, Parshas Vayeshev. Parshas Vayeshev. <clears throat> so we have uh, Vayeshev opens. We're um, Vayishlach ends off. We're continuing with the narrative of Yaakov and Esav, and that now becomes um, Yaakov and his sons, which really becomes Yosef and his brothers. We take the whole. Uh, development of, of Yaakov and Ezra for the last few parishes, we take it to the next stage, and the stage is set with the um, the, the interplay and and the uh, and the uh, interactions that develop and and present themselves to us this week between Yosef and his brothers, and we have all the basic information presented to us in the beginning of the parasha that that really. Um, <clears throat> creates the scene for what happens now with Vayeshev, Miketz, and Vayigash. And we're told that Yaakov has a preference for Yosef over his other sons. And this becomes one of the major contributing factors over here in um, Yosef earning the ire of his brothers, uh, of, the, uh, of the, the friction and the tension that's going on over here, that Yaakov has a preference for Yosef. He loves him more than everyone else. And Torah is very clear about that. And we have this here, um, the beginning of the parsha, Paraglamid Zion, Pasuk Gimbal. If anyone has one of these big blue chumashim, it's page 198. The Pasuk says like this, Oh, Yisrael loved Yosef from all of his other children. He ben zakunim huloi. Why do you love him? Because he was the ben zakunim. He was the ben zakunim. We'll get back to that in a moment. As a result of the fact that he loved him more than everyone else, he made him He made him the special uh, cloak, the special coat. So he loved him because he was the Ben Zakunim. What is it? What's the Ben Zakunim? Rashi brings down three pshatim and what a Ben Zakunim is. It says Rashi, I'm positive Gimel. Ben Zakunim, says Rashi, <clears throat> One pshat is, he was born in Yaakov's uh, older, older age, when he was along in years. He was born when, when, when Yaakov was older. That's Ben Zakudim. You take it literally. He was the son of his old age. Second shot Rashi brings down is that of Unklus. Ben Zakudim, Zikna here doesn't mean physical age. It means um, intellectual age. The Gemara tells us a Zakan, Zakain is, um, is an acronym for Zeshakana Chachma, someone who is a wise person. Zikna is really wisdom. So uh, it says Rashi, bring down Unklus. Ben Zakunim, the second shot is Bar Chakim Havalei, Hulei. Koma Shalom Al Mishem Ve'ever Mosarloi. Says Rashi, interpreting Unklus, everything that Yaakov learned in the Yeshiva of Shem Ve'ever, he gave over to Yosef. He gave over all his Torah. All his Torah he gave over to Yosef. Okay, that's the second shot, Ben Zakunim. The third shot, Shoyaziv Aikinon Shaloi Daim Loi. 
they 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 looked similar. They looked they looked uh, very similar to one another. The the radiance, the splendor, the shine of the countenance of Yosef was similar to that of Yaakov. They had a similar look, a similar shine, a similar aura, similar presentation. That's the third shot that Rashi brings down in Ben Zakuna. So uh, let's review that then. Three pshatim, three ideas that Rashi says, and what, he, what, what does it mean that, that Yosef was a Benzakunim to Yaakov? Either he was born in Yaakov's old age, he was born in Yaakov's already, you know, older in his years, or Benzakunim, he was the one that received all of his Torah. Benzakunim is the Barchakim. Zakunim in the second pshat means the son of his wisdom, not the son of his age, of his, of his, of his, of his, of his elderliness, of his old age. His third pshat, says Rashi, um, Ben Zekunim, Rashi seems to be understanding in the Surbshad, Zekunim is a lesson of Aikinun. What do we do with the Zion? I know we're kind of overlooking the Zion, we're saying Zekunim is related to the word Aikinun, which means a countenance, which means a face. Yosef looked like Yaakov. The question is like this. Ultimately, this Rashi has to be read back into the Pasuk. The Pasuk said a few different ideas. What did the Pasuk say? The Yisrael Ahav Es Yosef Ki Ben Zekunim, we call Banav Ki Ben Zekunim Lo. Yisrael, i.e. Yaakov, loved Yosef more than all his other sons. That's the first half. Why? Pazik explains that. Why do you love him more? Ki ben zakunim huloi, because he was his ben zakunim. So whatever pshat you're going to say in ben zakunim has to be able to plug back into the Pazik and therefore has to be able to justify why Yaakov loved him more than the other sons. Yaakov loved Yosef more. Why? Because he was a ben zakunim. So whatever ben zakunim means is the explanation and justification for why Yaakov had preference for Yosef and gave him preferential treatment. So let, let's try to figure that out. Does this work? Does it work for all three pshatim? Well, the first pshat is, what's Ben Zekunim? He was born in his old age. So why do you love him more? Because he was born when he was old. That makes sense, you know. I've been accurately yelled at Shashuim. You know, uh, when you're a Zadie already, so uh, a little kid, you know, you appreciate little kids even more. A, because, you, you know, you're getting older in your years, and uh, it's nice to have, uh, you know, they keep you young. And B, because, um, you know, the older a parent gets, or, uh, certainly the, you, you t- do tend to mellow out. You, you know, you speak to any family where there's like older children and younger children, and the younger, the older children always complain that the younger children are able to get away with murder. The older children, you know, are the ones that were the karbanis. The older children are the ones that were that were put up on the, you know, Ishei Rech, Nechayich Hashem. And the younger children were the ones that were toasting marshmallows there on, on the on the carbons. You know, they were getting whatever they wanted, whatever they wanted it. I, you know, I, I had to, I'm, I'm from the older children in my family. We grew up with a lot of discipline, with a lot of you know. There's no soda during the week, and on Shabbos we had to have the soup first. Sugar cereals, forget about it. You know, they, they're like they're a myth. There's something high up on the shelf there in the supermarket. You know. Uh, um, that was like sugar cereals in my house. I see, I, you know, I, I, my youngest sibling is uh, some 10 years younger than me, and they grew up with all these things, with the sugar cereals and the soda, soda in the sugar cereals. So the younger kids tend to get everything that the older kids, because the parents are more mellowed out, more chilled out. They're like, you know, they just want to like, they just have a fun time with their kids and spoil their kids. And so that's, that, that makes sense. Ben Zakunin. Ben Zakunin, he was born when he was older, when Yaakov was older. It makes sense that he loves him more. Makes sense. The third shot in Rashi was Rashi's pr- third shot. The Zukunim is a lashon of Ikunin. Aikinun. Ikunin. Whatever, whatever the, the, the exact, uh, the, the exact lashon 
but he 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 looked similar. They had a similar look to one another. They had similar similar radiance, similar shine. So also good. There's there's more of a, a bond over there, a father son bond. Um, um, that also you know we understand the whole pasuk then. Yisrael all have his yais and be called banav ki They have a similar look, a similar shine, similar personalities. Maybe they like to do the same things. So he loves them more than the other sons. The other sons we're not told don't have the same shine, the same radiance, the same look that Yaakov does. Good. What about the? Se- yeah. Okay. All right. You mean why? So why was Yosef loved more than Benjamin even? Yeah. Um, I guess he would. Um, I hear. Don't know. There's the first child that was born in his old age. So it's more special. Good. Good child. Um, the shah is What about the middle shot? The middle pshat. The middle pshat of Rashi's. What does Ben Zukuna mean in, in Rashi's middle pshat? In Rashi's second pshat? Bar Chakim Hulei. Zukuna is a lashon of, of, of zikna. It's not referring to age. It's referring to wisdom. And Ben Zukuna means he's he's the son of my wisdom. He's the son of Yaakov's wisdom. All Yaakov's wisdom he gave to Yosef. So here's something very strange that's happening over here. Because if we read this back in the Pesach, what's the Pesach saying? Yaakov loved Yosef more than the other sons because he gave him over all of his Torah. A, why, why is that, since I give you all my Torah, I love you more? Why does that make me love you more? By, you know, if anything, you know, teaching is a tedious thing. Teach again and again and again. And you need a lot of patience, especially learning with the kids. So as hard as it is to have patience with Chavrusas, much harder to have patience when, when you're a Tamidim. When, when the, those tell me to be your own kids, it's much, much harder to have patience with your own kids because you, you don't have to pretend to be patient when it's your own kids, right? But uh, if anything, you know, having to teach someone Torah is not an easy thing. It's a very, very demanding thing. And and if anything, if anything, it should be the other way around. The Pesach should be saying, according to Rashi's second shot, why did Yaakov decide to give Yosef all this Torah? Because he loved him more than his other sons. It should say, the Yisrael... Um, he taught him everything that he knew. He was the Ben Bar Chakim. He taught him all the Torah because he loved him more. Because he loved him more, he taught him all the Torah. But Torah is saying, Fakir, Torah is saying, he loved him more than everyone else because he gave him all of his Torah. What's the Peshat in the second What's the Peshat in the second Peshat? How does that read back into the Pasuk? How is that the explanation and justification for why Yaakov loves Yosef more than all of his other sons because he gave him all of his Torah? Why? And the, the Pasuk should be spun around, should be punk fakir. I gave you all my Torah because I love you more. But that's not what the Pasuk says. It says, I love, uh, Yaakov loves him more because he gave him all of his Torah. He's, because he was the Ben Zakunim. How does the second shot read back into the Pasuk? Into the Pasuk. Into the Pasuk. How does it give us a Pasuk in the Pasuk? It's a Shiloh. But it's a, it's a way of really revisiting a topic that's come up here and there and really appreciating another source for 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 a very fundamental idea in Yiddishkeit and Hashkafa and Judaism and in life, and 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 that's the 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 concept of what love really is and what love is all about, what creates love, what reinforces love, and what defines love. Yisrael loved Yosef because he taught him everything that he knew. Why does that engender love? Why does that create love? Because what is love really? Love. Is it sounds funny and it sounds almost the antithesis of love, 
But it's in fact the very at the very core of love. Love is when I see myself in you. <coughs> then I love you. <coughs> I see myself in the other person. <coughs> I see myself in Levi Yitzchak. When I see myself in Levi Yitzchak, I love him. <coughs> Thank you. I see myself in someone else. I love them. Now, is that because love is all about self? It's being it's a self-serving, self, self-centered, selfish. No, not at all. Not at all. Chas v'shalom. Love is not a concept of, of um, self-centered. It's turned inward. It's self-serving. Love, ava, ultimately is about seeing that we're united towards a common goal. We are in sync, and more than in sync, we are intertwined towards something that is that 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 uh, we're pursuing together, some greater common goal to which we're both journeying together, and my goals and your goals are the same, and more than just the same. I see that we are complementary to one another in achieving those goals. And I see that you complement me in my, me achieving my goals. I complement you in you, in, in, in you achieving your goals. And when I have someone like that in my life, I love them. When I have many people like that in my life, then I love all those people. Love is not about something coming back to me. It's not about a kickback. If I care, it's about... A back kick. It's about seeing how I show up in this person because I'm involved in that person, I'm invested in that person, and I'm going together with this person in a complementary fashion towards some greater goal and some greater good. And there's a famous idea we know, Ahava, Rav Desler writes, is relates to the word have. Have in Aramaic means to give. Means to give. And he establishes a concept over here that loving and giving... Are, are, are interrelated. And that's true, they definitely are. But much more than just being an idea of, you know, how do you create love? You, you create love, um, when you give someone, you're able to love them. When you give someone, you're able to break down barriers and you're able to love them. It's much more than that. It's not when I give someone, I'm able to love them, that, that kickstarts love, that, that jumpstarts the love. It's much deeper than that, much more fundamental than that. When I give to someone, there's automatically love. Because when I give to someone, you know what happens? I show up in them. I see myself in them, not again in a self-absorbed, narcissistic way, but I see that I'm invested in them, and I see myself personally involved in them, and involved in their life, and we have a commonality. We are people that are going somewhere together, journeying together, and this is a person that I have been able to invest of myself in, and they're taking what I have to give over to the next level, or we're going together to the next level. But that's automatically creating love. That's automatically cementing love. That's automatically establishing love when you give. Because again, when you give, I give to someone, I show up in them. That's why... No, there's, there's no greater love than a parent to a child because the whole life cycle, the whole you know relationship of a parent to a child, ideal it should be, and, and again, when it's in a healthy way, when it's when in the way it, sh- it should be and it's supposed to be, 
is all about the parents just completely giving to a child um, non-stop from the moment that child is born until who knows when beyond uh, bar mitzvah beyond high school beyond base medrash beyond even with, in, in, when the child gets married gets married himself herself the parents is giving and giving and giving and giving and giving if there's anyone we see ourselves in it's our children it's our children there's a tremendous amount of love for our children and that love wasn't created through giving that love is present because of the giving love is a function of the commonality the being in sync and and the fact that that I show up in you so that means me all my goals all my dreams that shows up in you also because I've given so much to you when I've given so much to you we're in consonance we're in sync and that's exactly what love is. Yes? Why didn't you give it to the other brothers? Okay, one, one thing at a time. One thing at a time. One thing at a time. Anyway. So back to the Pasuk. Yisrael Ahav, as Yosef, he called Vanov, ki ben zakun and bloi. Yisrael loved Yosef. Yaakov loved Yosef more than all the other children because he was the ben zakunim. Because he, according to Rashi, he taught him everything that he knew. Gave him over all of his Torah. So he asked... That's why he loves him more, and it should, if anything, it should be the other way around. Why do you give him over to start? Because he loved him. But now we understand, no, the Pesach means what it says and says what it means. Why do you have more Ava for Yosef, excuse me, than all the other sons? Because he gave Yosef more than all the other sons. He gave him all of his Torah. He gave him everything that he knew. He taught him all the, all, all the Torah, the knowledge that he gained from Shem Aver went directly into Yosef. Yaakov is Mashkia, invests himself in Yosef, puts everything that he has into Yosef, much more than all the other sons, he shows up in Yosef in a way that he doesn't show up in anyone else. Everyone else, okay. You listen, Yaakov definitely took care of them, attended to his kids, uh, their physical needs. But in terms of who Yaakov is spiritually, who Yaakov is in terms of his Torah, who Yaakov is in terms of his, his, uh, his, his, the, the, his, the, the fullest depths, that's something he gives to Yosef and only to Yosef and he gives completely of himself. Yaakov shows up in Yosef in a way that he doesn't show up in any of his other children, and he shows up completely in Yosef, again, in a way that doesn't show up in any of the other children, and therefore, he loves him more than all the other children. He shows up, there's everything that Yaakov lives for, his values, his dreams, his goals, they're showing up in Yosef much more than they show up in everyone else. Therefore, he loves him more. Beautiful shot in the Pasuk, and Levi Yitzhak wants to know, okay, that's, that, we get that, beautiful shot in the Pasuk, we accept that, but why Taka, the question on Yaakov, why Taka did he give it over to Yosef in a way that he didn't give it to, over to anyone else? Right? Why not teach all his Torah to everyone? Yeah? All of his kids, you know, want to learn Torah. All of his kids are Elohim. They all go to Yeshiva. They're all sitting and learning. Why is it only Yosef that he's giving all of his Torah over to? Why is it only Yosef that he's investing of himself much more than all the other children? So that's an excellent question. It's a valid question. It's a question that we're going to have to get back to. And it's a question that's going to require a little bit more development of what's going on with Yaakov, with Yosef, with the brothers. So we're going to have to get back to this question. But um, it is a very good question. I just want to, once we're talking about Ahava and giving and loving, I want to um, just uh, step sideways. You knew it's time to go and face uh, Asaph. 
He understands Yosef is the adversary to Esau. Right. Yeah, very good. Okay, very good. Reb Ruvain is pointing out that we already see precedent that Yosef has something over the other brothers. And that um, he was the one that uh, we, we need to wait for him to be born to come back and have the showdown with Esau. He's the adversary, the opponent of Esau. So we're on the right track with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, good, good. We're taking that further also. That That's definitely the right direction. It's definitely the right direction. And the question is, um, would still have to be, what does that mean specifically and why Yosef specifically? But yeah, that's definitely the right direction. We're ahead on the right track over there for sure. Um We'll have to leave that on, on, on hold for now. Um, just to take this sideways, this concept of Ahava, and that Ahava is when um, I'm invested in someone. And that's really what Ahava is. That I see that this is a person who's there to move forward with my dreams, my hopes, my vision. And they see that in me also. That they're invested in me. They've given to me. And I'm someone that's they're moving forward with their hopes, their dreams, their vision, their ideals, their values. And that's really always what love is. It's what love really is. I see everything that I believe in in someone else. And the best way of seeing it, the most profound way, and pronounced way of seeing that is giving to someone else, giving for someone else. Um, we find something very interesting. I, I mentioned this a few weeks ago, I think not in the Chumash here. Um, I think I mentioned it by uh, one of my sons, Sheva Brachas. And uh, I don't know who was here and who was, was there, who wasn't there. But wasn't mentioned in the Chumash here, but it's a beautiful idea that plugs directly into what we're saying now. The idea of the association of, of Ahava and giving. Ahava and have. Loving and giving. And again, not that giving creates love, but giving puts me in someone else's life. And that's what love is. Um, we find this... Uh, in, in, in a very interesting way, in, in the, in when you examine the dichotomy between um, the love of Yaakov himself for Rachel and the love of Yitzchak for for um, Rivka, love Yitzchak for Rivka and the love of Yaakov for Rachel, and um, this takes us back a few parshias, uh, but there's a, there's an interesting difference in, in how the Torah relates to us, Yaakov's love for Rachel and Yitzchak's love for Rivka. It says that Yitzchak loves Rivka. The Torah says that explicitly. It says that there also says that Yaakov loves Rachel. But there's a difference between when Yitzchak loves Rivka and when Yaakov loves Rachel. When does Yaakov love Rachel? We're told that Yaakov loves Rachel in Parshas Vayetze. When does he love? When does he rather? When does he love her? He loves her um, pretty much as soon as he meets her. We're told that he loves her. Um, as soon as he meets her, he loves her. And um, it says, Yaakov wants to marry Rachel. Because, um, here, let's, let's uh, read this together. Yeah, so he shows up at Lovin's house and says, "Vayev Yaakov is Rachel, Vayemer Evodcha Shevashon Barachel Bitcha Katana." He shows up. He says, "I'm, I'm going to work." He says, "The pasuk says that Yaakov loves Rachel." He says, "I'm going to work for you seven years for Rachel." Okay, so he loves her right away. Before, you know, as soon as he meets her. Whereas 
Yitzchak also, the Torah tells us that Yitzchak loves Rivka, but not as soon as he meets her. Only after he gets married to her. Well, on Pasuk, the end of Chayisara, it says, Vayivyeh ha'ayol, Sara imoy, Vayeh ha'veno, He brought her home, he brings her, he gets married, he brings her into his house, and then he loves her. So the Torah is very clear that Yitzchak only loves Rivka after he gets married, whereas Yaakov loves Rachel even before he gets married. What's shot in this, in this difference over this dichotomy? The Yaakov's love for Rachel is there immediately, and Yitzchak's love for Rivka is only there after marriage. What's going on over here? When is love? The love comes before marriage, the love comes after marriage, right? Well, you see one model by Yitzchak and a different model by Rachel, by, by, by Yaakov. Yaakov seems to love Rachel as soon as he meets her. But the territory is like this. Yaakov does not love Rachel as soon as he meets her. It's not immediate. He loves Rachel. There's been a process already. There's already been a process in him loving Rachel. And Yaakov has already gone through quite a lot for Rachel by the time he finds Rachel. What has he already... He's gone through quite a lot. We have to remind ourselves that the whole journey of Yaakov to, to base Laban was in order to get married. And the whole journey was, was, was precipitated by him stealing the, so to speak... Cheat, cheating, so to speak, um, deceiving Yitzchak, so to speak, in order to get the brachas from Yitzchak that were intended for Esav. And he's doing that to take over Esav's job, as, as we mentioned in the past. He's doing that in order to go and make all the chasnas there by base Lavan that Esav was supposed to make. By the time he shows up, he shows up in Lavan's house knowing that he has to marry a Rachel and Olea, and knowing that he has to take over Esav's job and he has to marry all... All these women, the, the women that, that, that the, 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 you're supposed to make the shaduchim, he has to make the shaduchim that Esav was supposed to make. He's already very far along in a process of having worked hard and invested in this woman, Rachel. He's already given quite a lot into this. A lot of himself, a lot of, uh, a, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of, uh, movements, a lot of activities that were not so easy, a lot of things that were not so easy to pull off. And he's already done quite a lot of that. By the time he shows up and he meets Rachel, he comes, you know, knowing he has to meet, marry this woman, knowing that he has to be by the Kleisel, and having done quite a lot, he put a lot of work in, in getting the brachas out of Esav, he, he ran away from Esav, he journeys all the way to Charon, he has to deal with Alifaz, and, and give all his things away. He did all this just to be able to get there to Charon to make this chasana. He's invested quite a lot already in this woman, Rachel, before he even meets her. So that... When he meets her, this is a woman he's already done a lot of investment in. He's invested quite a lot in this woman. Everything that he's gone through and everything he's had to contend with in the, in, in, in the last while has been ordered to marry Rachel. He sees himself in Rachel, i.e. he sees his investments. He sees everything that he's worked so hard on in this woman because it was for this woman. There, there's Ava even before the marriage because he already sees all of his investments, all of that shvitz, all of that labor in this woman. This is who he's doing it for. Whereas Yitzchak, when Rivka shows up over there um, in, in, in Be'er Sheva, brought back by Eliezer, Yitzchak hasn't personally invested anything yet. Yitzchak wasn't involved in the Shidduch. Yitzchak wasn't involved in the journey. Yitzchak didn't go to find the Isha, to find the woman. Yitzchak was, was uh, davening. He's out in the field davening and waiting for her to come, but he's taking care of what he needs to take care of, doing his thing. And then Rivka's brought back with Eliezer. In order to have Ahava, 
Yitzchak has to be personally invested in Rivka. In order to have Av for Rivka, Yitzchak has to show up in Rivka. Yitzchak's Avoida has to show up in Rivka, and that can only begin after the marriage. Once he takes her in, now he begins to invest, he begins to work, he begins to show up in his spouse and his Ezer Kenegdoi, that's when the Ava begins. Before the marriage, Yitzchak is not invested yet in Rivka, hasn't, he hasn't, hasn't put anything in the way Yaakov is put in for Rachel. The Ava of Yitzchak for Rivka begins only after marriage, because that's when he begins to be Mashkia, to invest. Whereas the Ava of Yaakov for Rachel, Yaakov already sees himself, sees his efforts, sees his labors, sees his investments in Rachel, even before the marriage, the Ava begins before the marriage. Okay. Um, Time maybe to, to move on and Vayesha talk about some other very interesting things over here. Um, let's talk about this maybe. Okay, there's a lot to talk about with Yosef and the brothers and, and um, the um, a, lot, a lot to talk about that links us back to Levi Yitzchak's question and Rebruvain's answer. Uh, but I think we'll hold off on that because there's a, some other connections that have to be made first. Let, let's talk a little bit about Yosef independent of... of um, his place over here in, in the whole sequence of events in the, in the parasha. And let's talk about Yosef in terms of... Um, it's an interesting phenomenon that seems to surround Yosef. And it has to be... We have to, it has to be dwelled on. It. We can't ignore this. Um, there's something very interesting about Yosef in that, you know, we, we find that wherever Yosef goes... In this parsha, in the next parsha, there's a common theme that always seems to um, encounter Yosef. That Yosef seems to encounter, that seems to surround Yosef, that he can't avoid. He was bumping into this wherever he goes. What is it that Yosef like bumps into wherever he goes? Wherever he goes, on, on multiple occasions, not once, not twice, three times. What is it Yosef is always bumping into? That's the interesting uh, theory. It happens twice, maybe. There's something else that Yosef's always kind of bumping into. Not always, no. What? Something that Yosef's always bumping into and always bumping into him. What? Challenges, um, misunderstanding, always being accused of something. It's kind of saying the same thing. Okay. Yes. Okay. Good. I'm going to say something else. What I'm going to say is like this. These are all good theories and suggestions. The one thing that we find that, that Yosef always encounters is always encountering Yosef to the degree that we have to say Haloi Davar. Who is dreams? He's always bumping into dreams wherever he goes. He has his own dreams, and they're always coming, you know, in, in pairs. He has his dreams in this week's parasha. At the end of the parasha, he encounters the dreams, the Saramashkim, the Sarah And then in Mikates, he has Paro's dreams. So Yosef is bumping into dreams wherever he goes. And clearly something is up with this. This is, this is funny. This is strange. You know, not, definitely not coincidental. Yosef is always encountering dreams. And not only that, the Torah itself makes it clear that there's something, um, something going on with this. And there's something that we have to, so we have to pick up on the fact that Yosef is always bumping into dreams. The Torah itself makes this clear. How does the Torah refer to Yosef? How do the brothers refer to Yosef? Look, it's the Balach Haloimais. 
The brothers themselves give Yosef this title. He's the Balach Haloimais. He's the master of dreams. The Baal, now they certainly meant it facetiously. They were saying it, you know, with, 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 with facetiousness, but the Torah records this for posterity. The Torah allows Yosef to have this title. Yosef's title is the Baal HaChaloimais. Wherever he goes, he's having dreams. Not only having dreams, he's being poster dreams. He's interpreting dreams. He inter- interprets his own dreams. He interprets the dreams of the Sire Mashkin, the Sire He interprets the dreams of Pirate. Haloy Dabrahu. What's going on? Something is up with this. Something is up with this over here. Why is Yosef associated with dreams? Why is he bumped into dreams wherever he goes? And why is he the Baal HaChaloy Mois? The master of dreams. There's something very, very uh, profound is clearly up over here. And let's just try in our remaining time over here. Let's try to appreciate that, right? So Yitzchak and Yosef, Yitzchak and Yosef in, in, in Zoom space over here. Our own Yosef and our own Yitzchak. So something is up with the dreams. What's, what's, the, what's the connection, the link between Yosef and dreams? Why is Yosef the Balach Haloimais? The idea is like this. We know that Yosef embodies a specific midah, a specific trait, attribute, which is a godly attribute, and that's one of, one of the Hashem's attributes. We know Yosef is one of the Ushpizen, one of the seven mystical Ushpizens, right? That we have on Sukkot. Yosef is one of them. Avram, Yitzchak, Yaakov, Moshe, Aaron, Yosef, and David. See, Yosef is one of them. And, and, uh, that's, that, that's the, uh, that's the, the, the order that you have it on the, on the Sukkot decoration. And your Machser, maybe it's in a different order. It's always a big Shiloh. Which one is it? Moshe, Aaron, Yosef tonight, but, According to the mystics, according to the mystics, Avram Yitzchak, Yaakov, Moshe, Aaron, Yosef, and David. And each of those Ushpizen parallels a different meat of Hashem. So everyone knows there's Avram is, Gavu, is, is Chesed, Yitzchak is Gevura, Yaakov is Emes, is Tiferes. What about the other ones? Moshe, Aaron, Yosef, David, what are their attributes? What are their godly attributes that they channel, that they exemplify, that they bring down over here, they bring, they ground and bring down into the world? So, the Svarma Kedoshim revealed to us that there's a Pasuk that we say every day in Davening, if you have enough time to say it. Pasuk that we say every day in Davening that has all these seven meters one after the other. One by one by one. And that's an insight how to line up and identify the meters of Amin and Yaakov all the way through David. And that's the Pasuk we say in Vayivarach David. L'cha Hashem HaGedula, V'Hagevura, V'Hatiferes, V'Hanetzach, V'Hoid, Kichob HaShemayim, V'Oretz L'cha Hashem HaMamlocha. So Gedula, Gevura, that's clear, that's Avin Yitzchak. Hatiferes, that's, that's, um, that's Yaakov. Netzach, Vahoid, everyone knows. Netzach and Hoid, everyone knows. That's Moshe and Aaron. And David, everyone knows. That. What's David's Mida? Malchus, David the Melech, right? Lachashem Amamlacha. Where's Yosef, though? Where's Yosef in this whole Pasuk? Where's Yosef? Where's Yosef's Mida? So again, what does it say? Lachashem Agdullah, Vagvura, Vatiferes, Avin Tzad Yaakov. Vanetzach, Vahoid, see the Pasuk is going with the, the Nusach that's on the wall decoration, not the, not the Nusach that's in your, in your Machter. Netzach, Vahoid. For everything is in heaven and the earth. Is, 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 is authority. And that is David. So where's Yosef's Mida? Which Mida? We, we, we say a whole bunch of Midas. Gedula, Gevura, Tiferes. We say Netzach and then we say Mamalacha. And in the middle we say Everything that's in the heavens and the earth. So what's Yosef? Yosef is Shemayim. Yosef is Oretz. What's Yosef's Mida? So say this farm Hakadoshim, that is the Mida of Yosef. Kol Bashamayim Uva Oretz. That itself, that entire mouthful is the Mida of Yosef, the Mida of Kol Bashamayim Uva Oretz. What does that mean? What's the Mida? What's the attribute 
of kol it's everything that's in the heavens and the earth. That's a meter of being able to do what? Being able to do something amazing and awesome. Being able to see the full range, the full assembly of kol the full range of all of Hashem's koiches, all of Hashem's attributes, all of Hashem's midas, and see how that is echoed or projected down here. See the full range of everything that's down here and see how the full range of everything that's in, in Shemaim has a place to show up down here. And the other way around as well, to be able to reverse engineer that. To see how everything down here has something intended for it and has something going on behind the scenes for it up there in Shemaim. Kol Shemaim of Aretz is the name of Kol Ba'aretz of Shemaim. The meat of Yosef is being able to be at that nexus, that connection between the Shemaim and the Aretz. And that connection in such a fashion that what? Yosef sees how everything up there has a place down here and everything down here has a shoyrish up there, has something intended behind it up there. This is the meat of Yosef. And this is uh, explains a number of things by Yosef. This is why Yosef is the one who can supply the needs of the entire world. He's the mashbir l'chala aretz. He can keep everybody alive. He can keep everyone alive. Everyone comes to Yosef for food. Everyone comes to Yosef for their quota. Everyone goes to Yosef to figure out how much food they should get for the famine. That's the next week's parasha, right? But Paro says, Yosef promotes to the Mishnah Lamelech. He's the viceroy. He's the second in command. Since, that, since when does the second in command of a country deal with every yo-yo in the country? Every Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Yosef deals with everyone. Paro says, you want food? Go to Yosef. You gotta go to Yosef. That's what Yosef has to deal with? He has to deal with all the, all the, all the, all the Meshugayim? All the people that want food? All these, all the, all the, um, wretched refuse that are teeming over there in Mitzrayim? That are coming for food? They're coming for handouts? Yosef's gotta deal with that? He's the Mishra Lavelech. But yes, he deals single-handedly with every single person. Okay, you get this amount here, this is what you get, this is what you get, this is what you get. Because that's called Bashamayim of Aretz. He knows exactly how much everyone's supposed to get. He knows what's going on with every single person up in Shemaim. He knows what's going on in Shemaim with everything that's down here, Ba'aretz. That's the meat of Yosef. That's the meat of Kol. And Yosef is also called Yosef. Tzadik, Tzadik, Yosoid, Oilam. The Tzadik supports the world. What does that mean that he supports the world? He's able to channel down into the world what's correct and appropriate from the realm above this world. That's the meat of, 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 of Yosef. The meat of Tzadik. And the meter of Kol Bashamayim of Aretz. So again, beautifully goes back to the Pasuk. Lachashem Hagadu Vagvur Tiferes Avram Yitzchak Yaakov Hanetach Vahoid That's Moshe and Aaron Lachashem Amamlocha That's David. And in between Lachashem Ki Kol Bashamayim of Aretz That's Yosef. The meter of Kol Bashamayim of Aretz. We can link. We can connect everything from above to below and everything from below to above. This is Yosef's meter. This is what he brings out here, and that this is what he's capable of doing, showing the link and the connection between above and below and below and above. And this is why Yosef is the Baal HaChaloi This is why Yosef is the master of dreams. Yosef is that nexus. Yosef is the one who is there, who links the Oilamas, who links the Elyonim and the Tachtoinim, and a dream. What's a dream, Rabbi Yosef? But a little piece of the Elyonim coming down in the Tachtoinim. It's a little piece of the upper realm that pokes its way down to the lower realm. A dream is, is a little piece of Nevuah. It's a shtick Nevuah. It's a little chunk of Nevuah. And we have that down here. We don't know what to do with it. We can't make heads or tails and we can't make sense out of it. We need someone that can show us what's going on 
in Shemayim, behind the scenes of what came down here into the Oretz. We need someone that can be that nexus, that can link the Shemayim and the Oretz, that can tell, tell us that this dream that came down into this world, that's a connection to the world above, what does it mean? Maza al Maza, what's the chat? What's the interpretation? And we need someone that can bridge that gap for us. That's Yosef, because that's what Yosef's meat is all about. He's the one that makes that connection. He is the one who is the Kol Bashamayim of Oretz. And um, he's therefore able to create that link, to create that connection. And he's the master of dreams. The one that can interpret the dreams, that can unlock the dreams, because that is indeed in the fact the meat of Yosef. Okay? And that's Parshas Vayeshev for this year. Thank you all for joining. And have a wonderful and blessed of our Mishabas, the Lichtige Shabbos, and thank you all and uh, everyone be well.